The dress code in Deep Ellum, they have like those bars that you like go to and then they'll request like you having to dress a certain way. Like you can't wear sneakers. You can't wear, you know, oh. um, and I don't want to say it's racially motivated, but I do feel that sometimes that is the case. It is. Uh, yeah. Based on what you're wearing and what sure. skin tone you are. And mm. I used to love uh, mm. the neighborhood because they weren't a lot of the bars weren't that way. And when yeah. some of the bars started moving in, I was like, watch, you're going to have a dress code in this neighborhood in the next, like, and a few people were like, they'll never have dress codes here. And I was like, well, yeah, that seems wild for deep Ellum. I'm like, it seems like it should be the place to be. Yeah. There's a lot of different places that are, uh, I don't know. Yeah. That are dealing with that. The wife. Yeah, she was asking where something was. I have oh. no idea. <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, that's sort of where we're at with... Uh, but then hung out with some friends and then Sunday went out with a few other friends. And Monday, I just hung out and dealt with my classic car issues. How about you? Um, what did we do this past weekend? I think it was pretty low-key. Um, what did we do? I feel like on Friday, was it Friday? Saturday, we went to a wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my wife's coworkers got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, big Mexican wedding, super fun. Um, Sunday, we got brunch with a friend. Mm-hmm. It was his birthday. We now, um, him and his girlfriend, a few other friends, uh, met them there for brunch. They had gone out to Midnight Rambler the night before, but we had the wedding, so we couldn't go. So we met up with them mm. the next day. Sunday night, when, uh, we just moved into uh, this house like, like a month ago, a little over a month ago. Um, but our neighbor here, we live on a cul-de-sac. So like uh, one of our neighbors had a little like front yard party Sunday yeah. night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... Everyone was just out on the lawn, drinking, having burgers, beers. He was singing like country music, playing cornhole. It was chill. It was fun. Very so southern. Just did that. Yeah. Very southern. And I, lo- I loved. I loved it. You know, I didn't grow mm-hmm. up around that, and I'm like, yeah, I, I like this. So, um, yeah, it was a good time. It's a good mm. time. Yesterday well, was chill. That's yeah. what's up. That's the holiday weekend. Well, yeah. cracks. I'd like to join, well, welcome you, join you, welcome you (laughs) to Throw Champagne, the podcast hosted by Thomas Massaquai, executive produced by Tyler Lagali, and music by Chris Wagner. Welcome. Mm, Thank you. I love your last name, by the way. Thank you. It's very very fun to say. (laughs) Massaquai, I was like, ooh, what's the origins? What's the origins of your last name? It's West African. Um, yeah. it, it has multiple pronunciations, but the original pronunciation is Massaquet. But Ooh. in English, it is Massaquai, yeah. and or okay. transition to more modern English, it's Massaquai. Um, but overall, a lot of people normally assume it's French, and <laughs> when sure. they hear the last name, they're like, "Oh, are you French?" And I'm like, "No, I'm West African." But yeah, then, yeah, yeah. It's also been funny running into other West Africans because they'll sit there and be like, oh, you guys are from Cote d'Ivoire or you're from the Ivory Coast. Or, and we're like, sure. no, no, 
I'm not French speaking. West Africa. I'm West Africa. Not from Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Not from the Congo or other places where they speak French. Yes, yes, but I got love for them too. I do speak uh, sure. a little bit of Francais, but not as um, as vibrant as other sure. people are. <laughs> so I wish I could. I wish I could vibrantly speak French. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So currently, right now, you are a designer, correct? I would sit there and say that you are a rising yeah. designer um, yeah. in the Dallas area. And you mm-hmm. are also working in other areas of fashion, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. Okay. And yeah. uh, we met, I would say, probably in the last year. Correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably in the last yeah, year. Pretty, pretty recently. Was it just this just this year, huh? Yeah, probably in, the, in this past year. But we do know a lot of the same people. But yeah. I'll definitely say our entryway was through Josh Thornton. Um, the man. Yeah, young, young guy. man. Very talented. He's, he's mm-hmm. my little brother. Got love for that. Yeah. Um, yes, me as well. Yeah. So you have been doing design. I think we talked a little bit since I would say you would say probably you really started going into it the past like maybe five years, you said? Yeah, on my for my on my own brand. Yeah. yeah, it was it's been the past five years um diving into that and just you know trying to get better at the craft of sewing and, and pattern making and design and yeah, it's been five years of, that I, I started to make stuff on my own and that I started a brand and have been just like slowly building it. Yeah. So yeah, it's been fun. That's cool. And I know that you had mentioned that you relocated back to Dallas or the DFW, as they call it, mm-hmm. up to the Dallas metro yeah. area um, to really yeah. focus on trying to build your brand here. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how's that been for you overall? It's been amazing. Um, I was, well, I'm not originally from out here. My wife is from out here. So her whole family from like the Coppell area and they're kind of now spread out all over the Dallas area. Um, but it's been pleasantly surprising. Um, you know, there wasn't, we were living in LA. I was in LA for 13 years and I had zero plans of moving away from LA. I didn't want it. I didn't want to ever leave. Um, but three and a half years ago, well, I guess like four years ago, just like something changed in my heart. And I was just like, I think Dallas is the next place for us to be. Mm-hmm. So, cause my wife always had an, you know, itching to come back to Texas at some point, yeah. um, you know, want maybe wanting to start a family out there, be around her family and things like that. But um, I was like, no, we can make it all work from LA. But I had to change the heart. And so in October 2018, we came out here and I've just been grateful every day for the move. Um, one, for the brand, I think, you know, it's not so saturated out here with a ton of different creatives and fashion designers mm-hmm. doing things out here. Whereas like LA or New York, every other person is a designer or an actor or singer, songwriter, yeah. filmmaker, all of it. So out here, it's, it's been, one, a lot easier to stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and to get noticed by the community. And two, the community here, the creative community has been incredibly inclusive um, in my experience. Uh, everyone is eager to meet other creatives and you know, if they meet you and they're like, oh, you do this, I wanna introduce you to this person who does that and let, let me introduce this person. And so it's just been a constant um, connecting since, since I've been here and making incredible friends incredible community and i think it's been just like fertile ground to really grow a brand out here so it's been it's been awesome i would agree with that you know when i started creating uh in the i'm not going to age myself but i will age myself in the early two, 2000s hey. the question was always like why aren't you staying in new york full-time or why are you not in la and mm -hmm. my argument was always the fact that the market is saturated. And from a yeah. business standpoint, just purely from a business standpoint, when mm -hmm. you go to those markets, you have to really be like a dog on a bone and very aggressive. And it is sort of um, yeah. a, a dog eat dog world across all platforms of creativity, because that's yeah. where people relocate to, to think that to believe that they can make it. And it is possible for people mm -hmm. to make it, but it is Definitely. a big pond and it's a very, sure. it's a very shark and, and it's only really for sharks. Yeah. You can't be passive in New yeah. York or LA and expect yeah. to really make moves for yourself. And you can't yeah. be in those cities um, just kind of being reckless and partying yeah. all the time because it is a yeah. party filled. Those are both, I would say party markets in regards to because there's just so many people there, so many beautiful people, charismatic people there that you can yep. fall into um, distractions very easily. But yep. then Texas, I always say, has not been given as much credit yet because mm -hmm. every other um, major market has had their moments. I remember. Uh, Andre 3000 said in the nine, early 90s at the Source Awards, you are sleeping on Atlanta. Atlanta is going to have their moment. And Atlanta yeah. is literally the culture uh, yep. right now. One of the epicenters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of the epicenters. And so we saw it with Seattle. We saw it with Chicago. We see it with Atlanta right now. New York has had its moment. Uh, LA has had its moment. And I do believe that Texas is sort of the final frontier in mm. untapped uh, markets because so many people are relocating here and it's not just yes uh, sure. relocating when you're looking at culture shifts you're looking at the fact that uh, education systems are being changed you're looking at the fact yeah. that a huge culture paradox is flipping over texas is considered the california of republic uh, Repu of conservatism <laughs> conservative yeah yeah and there's a lot Potentially of potentially can be a swing state. Yes. And there's a lot of people moving in that are mm -hmm. switching that over. And so yeah. the yeah. conversation is switching up a little bit, but also the influence. And Definitely. that's really cool that I said in my mind that I wanted to hold out here because I wanted to be a part of the conversational change rather than mm -hmm. just being out there and just swimming uh, countlessly trying to, you know, run around like a chick with my head cut off. Yeah. But it is, but you know, I think for, for people that are a little bit older that have either come from those markets like you or someone that has uh, 
visited there frequently or lived there, mm-hmm. you sort of see, you know, the, um, the, especially now with social media, that it's quite plausible for you to really build a strong brand outside of those markets. You know, you look yeah. at somebody like Billy Reed, that's in fashion. That is definitely yeah, well. true. You look at mm-hmm. um, somebody like Wes Anderson, you look at people mm-hmm. like, you know, in different facets of creativity that yeah. are not in those markets specifically, like LA or New York, but they're still yeah. impactful to the culture. Yeah. Or Tyler Perry much so. in Atlanta. So that's it's another true. Thing. Yeah. So, Has his empire out there. Yeah. So for yourself, you're talking about being in a season of pivoting and transitioning mm-hmm. and you moving mm-hmm. to Texas from California. What, mm-hmm. how, how often throughout your career? Cause I'd say we're probably about roughly the same age. I'd say we're in our thirties. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. I'm in my, I'm 35. I'll okay. age myself. I'm okay. cool with it. You can age yourself <laughs> all you want. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the fact that I'm afraid to age myself. It's the fact that I'm just like, it's like a game now to me. Because a few friends are like, Keep that mystery. And I'm Keep like, I'm mystery. Not just know that I was, I was alive when Reagan was president. Okay. I was okay. Alive. All right. And that's just little hints there. Little clues. Little, little clues. Little clues. Little yeah. clues. Uh, but for you, what was some big pivoting moments within your career? Um, man, I mean, definitely moving out here was a big um, pivoting movement, you know, in my life, you know, in my marriage and in the, in the brand for sure. Um, and I think there's been just like lately just more, pivoting big pivoting moves because it's since the beginning it's been pretty much just me like you know one man show mm-hmm. with this where I'm I'm doing it all I'm like um doing the patterns cutting the fabric I'm sewing everything and you know I love sitting at a sewing machine and and, and sewing a garment together it can be very therapeutic but I know my hopes and dreams for the brand is for it to be a lot bigger than just me. And I know it can't just be me sewing. It can't just be me doing all these things on my own anymore. So within the past couple of years, just like, you know, making the decision to just financially invest more into the brand. Like my wife and I were like, okay, let's, let's be our biggest supporters and let's, let's invest ourselves, our own money into this brand before, you know, trying to seek out any investment, angel investors, little funding, GoFundMe, whatever, Kickstarter type mm-hmm. of things. So, you know, I think last year, my wife and I big, took a big chunk of our savings and we're like, you know, let's invest into the brand. Um, and that was, that was something big for us because that's, you know, we have, we have hopes and dreams of saving up for different things and for our future. And it's like, okay, do we really believe in this ourselves? And we should be the first ones to invest in it if we really believe in it. So that has been really big um, recently. So I buy all upcycled denim. I source it from this factory in LA that I have a relationship with. Mm-hmm. And um, I've usually bought like one pallet at a time. So I get it. It all comes on a big pallet, um, like a four by four pallet stack, like about almost like six feet high, mm-hmm. which has like 2000 pounds of fabric on it. Mm-hmm. 
um, recently, just a couple months ago, I purchased eight of them because I'm like, we need to turn this up. We need to do more and let's like, let's get enough. Let's get a ton of fabric so we can do more and we can scale and let's, let's really start to shift this into something bigger. Um, and we've brought in, we've hired someone to help us with marketing. Um, we have other partners with, I have some manufacturing partners now that I'm working with and uh, just other people. And it's just like in that collaborative process and learning that and trying how to be a leader in that and guide people. And that has been shifting for me because, you know, you were talking about how these cities like New York and LA, you're like, kind of got to be a shark out there. I'm very much not shark. I'm like very peaceful, hippie-like, just like, yo, I'm just out here trying to create. Like, I don't want to bother anybody, you yeah. know, and part of me struggles with that because sometimes I'm like, I know I have a little bit of that like in me to just go go after it and go get it and do anything I need to do to make something happen. Um, and so it's it's been a lot of waking that kind of warrior side inside of me um, recently and shifting, shifting in, in how I see myself um, and how I take command of, of what I'm building. Yeah. So things of that nature have yeah. been, have been shifting I lately. It's so yeah. interesting because I have these conversations, I've been having this conversation with a few creatives, um, a few peers mm -hmm. over the past few months, I would say, <laughs> I definitely probably lean into more of the shark territory when it comes to yeah. the creative aspect, but I've had to have a yeah. lot of real conversations because sometimes people are like, Oh, well, what, what was your successes or what were your hurdles or what were your failures? And the biggest thing I've come to understand just from a consulting perspective with creatives is I was like, you have to really understand where you want to be within your own enterprise or brand there are mm -hmm. creatives that are great business people too that they can yeah. balance both they can create and also run a business but then there yeah. are creatives that just want to create that's all they want to yeah. do and so i yeah. always encourage them to find a business partner that's a shark because if yeah. you're passive you need to have a partner that will go do the things that you know that you're not willing to do. So if you just want to create and mind your mm -hmm. business and bow and smile and do all those things and really show yeah. up on the creative side, then you have to find a solid business partner. But I yeah. do tell creatives, you at least need to know the minimum so you're not getting yeah. screwed out of your money or Definitely. out of your worth. Definitely. You, you at least need to understand the baseline of your business. You just can't yeah. hand it all over to somebody. Yeah. Um, and when you're talking about investments, I was mm -hmm. I, I that resonated well with me because at when I was initially starting out when I was young, I poured all my money back into myself. And mm -hmm. it was one of those things I had to make a lot of sacrifices, whether it was time or allocation of of resources back into this art. Now I'm in a yeah. state of where like it's I've I've bear the fruits of those early investments. But I do always tell people, I was like, if you really do want to make this work for yourself, you really do have to invest in yourself. And that yeah. goes to putting, you have to be willing to put more into yourself than anybody else. Yeah. And if you're, true. and if you're not, then you have to sort the, sit there and say, well, is this really for me? Right. 
Yeah, I I agree with that. Because I do see people, especially now in this day and age of where, and we're, I was talking with, with another interviewer the other day of where it seems as though people are more concerned about the celebrity of the work yeah. side of things rather than actually the, the, the work process. And for yeah. you, you mentioned the fact that you find it therapeutic that you're sewing and that, you know, you're, you're, you're building out and you're making these things and you're designing. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to build it out. I don't want to speak for you, but mm-hmm. it definitely feels like you're more so passionate about the work than the yeah. celebrityism of what would come with being successful within your line yeah. of work. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I align with that completely. I have no desire to be famous. I mean, I'm I don't have a problem with I'm like if I get notoriety for this and people know me, people know the brand. That's amazing. I think yeah. that's incredible. I have nothing against fame. I just know that's not what drives me. I'm like, I want to be the best that I can be. I'm also not really driven by competition. I think competition within myself, I'm like, okay, am I better today than I was yesterday? Am I better sower today than I was when I started out? And always striving for that. And just knowing I want to put great product out there. I want to put great designs out there. I want to tell beautiful stories and um, be able to articulate it through the pieces that I'm, I'm creating. And I want to be inclusive. I want to tell other people's stories. I want to lift other people up. And I think community is a big part of the brand too, of just building up the community around, you know, here in Dallas. And um, so yeah, I'm not against fame and I get why people want to be famous and what that comes with, the privilege and the life that comes with that. It's enticing. It's amazing. Yeah. Like living that type of life. Like, you know, I I don't hate that for anybody, but I just know, yeah, that's not that's not my gasoline. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I completely understand that. I mean, at this yeah. point in life, it I, I really do enjoy the creative process mm-hmm. i do enjoy the the details sometimes of the the, the downtime of yeah. the different um areas of expression you know yeah. uh, not just yeah. the big highway signs as we say that we look at and we're like oh okay this this is a big hallmark within this avenue i look at the details along the road i'm like oh hmm that little sign right there, this little pavement and thing, or this little pothole right here, or all those nicks and grooves, all those things I really do find satisfaction in. Yeah. So yeah. for yourself going into this up the rest of this year, what are you looking to build out for yourself in regards to your creative work um, without giving too much <laughs> intellectual property uh, uh, giveaways, but what are some big yeah looking to do this year for yourself um i'm just working on a bigger collection for um fall winter i think what you know we've been trying to do with the brand is um kind of like you know grow like lay the foundation that we can build on top of and especially just with different pieces and you know we have this one jacket that's our core jacket that's been called like the saddle pocket jacket 
and it's kind of been the cornerstone of our brand. Um, and I remember Virgil, the late great Virgil Abloh said in an interview once, like, you know, giving advice for designers, young designers, just like, you know, have, have an Air Force One. Like, what's your Air Force One of your brand? What's the piece, the thing that people will continually come back for all the time? Something that you can remix in a bunch of different ways, but it's just like your staple, like your t-shirt, your hoodie, whatever it is. And like, let that, let the rest of everything be able to build off of that and let that be able to fund everything else. So we've really been focusing on just like driving in, like this is our staple jacket. Like if you see this jacket, you know, like, oh, that's, that's Crescente Patricio. And it's, it's been, and we wanted to grow within Dallas first before like expanding. It's always been like, we want this brand to be known as a Dallas brand. We want people from Dallas to be like, we knew about it first before, you know, if it grows outside of the city, outside of this state, outside of this country, we want the people of Dallas to be proud of it. Um, and so now I've always had other designs. I've put other designs out there, but now I'm like, I'm really wanting to focus on always having that jacket be part of, you know, some collections and making it, you know, evolve and letting people enjoy in different ways. But also I'm like, okay, I have these other stories I want to tell. I have these other designs that I want to get out there. So now I think it's more wanting to focus on doing a bit bigger collections and having people see, see a bit more of what we can offer and what, what we have um, cooking up. So yeah. That's what's Just up. Offering more product. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. So in regards to, like you said, this upcoming year, that's some of your big uh, plans for yourself in regards to your brand and your business. Um, mm -hmm. Have there been any uh, victories that you want to sort of say that, hey, we, we got this accomplished also within the past few months or year? Yeah, I think... Um... I think there's been just certain um, opportunities that are now coming to us instead of us having to reach out and, and seek opportunities for us to be a part of or things like that. Um, um, we just like, what was it last month? Um, British GQ reached out to us mm. and um we're going to be in the July, August, September, and October issues. Okay. Like our jacket, our saddle pocket jacket is going to be featured in those, in those issues. And just like having that opportunity come to us, like we didn't seek it out. I still don't even know how they found the brand, but I need to ask them. Um, Sometimes you just, it's those, those online researchers. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, they have a whole team dedicated We're just to finding stuff out. Yeah. yeah. And so just them being, you know, emailing back and forth with them and, you know, the praise that they're giving the brand. And I was like, man, this is, this is incredible. I'm like, um, I'm so thankful that this opportunity came to us and that we're in a place that they're like, oh, this is a brand that aligns with our magazine. Because, you know, the whole GQ Condé Nast, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. platform, I've been a fan of, you know, their content 
for years, over a decade. I have like, I could, I probably have thousands of GQ magazines because I was been subscribed to them for like over 10 years, you know? And I just collect magazines. I love magazines. Um, So having an opportunity like that come out to us is just like, man, this is really cool. Now, like this magazine, I'm a huge fan of like, our pieces are going to be featured in it. I'm like, that's pretty awesome. That's a dope move. That's a really dope move. Yeah. So it's you and your wife, essentially, well, you have people that you contract out or partnered up with, but it's mm-hmm. like you and your wife that are really going into this business together as partners. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And how has it been for you with your tribe, your community? Is it mm-hmm. one of those things that your friends are your, do you have other friends that are designers like you or mm-hmm. are they in other fields of creativity? How is that dynamic for y'all? Yeah. A lot of our friends uh, are in the creative field and um, it's been amazing because a lot of our friends have just come alongside of us and a lot of us getting started and planting our roots out here, especially with the brand. Our friends have been like, yo, like I'll shoot photos with you. I'll I'll shoot video for you. And, you know, now it's at a place like, okay, like the brand is making money and we can pay you guys for this. But like our friends have been the ones that have rallied, behind us and and stood next to us and still like i'm privileged that i get to work with my friends um who one of uh one of my best friends out here his name's max coots he's an incredible photographer creative director he's kind of been um stepping in as like creative director of the brand and he's been like our main photographer yeah um for everything and he's like really helped me just create this all new branding for the brand and we're building out our website and he's been designing it. And, you know, I have a great friend out here. Uh, his name is Hans. Um, he has a brand called Byway of Dallas. Incredible. One of the most creative people I've ever met in my life. And he was the very first person I met out here. And he's the one he like believed in me in a way that I didn't even believe in myself. And he was saying things about the brand. I was like, what you, you think about, you think this about what I'm making. And he was just incredibly encouraging. And since then he's always been one of the number one supporters and he's shot like photography for our brand. He was like, I don't really even really shoot anymore, but he's like, I definitely want to shoot for you. Like I want to help you build what you're building. And, um, and we've had lots of friends out here just come alongside and help us with so much of the brand and it's just it's an honor and just like a blessing and just a joy to be able to work with friends and it's just like it's not just friends that are like oh yeah like i have a camera i'll shoot for you it's like no these people are like world-class talent like these people are excellent at what they do they're professionals and i'm like dude this is this is amazing so i'm we're so grateful so grateful for that that's awesome. That's awesome. That's dope. I mean, that's sometimes the universe brings the people into your space for you to uplift and then for, for you to uplift yourself, but also for you guys to uplift each other. Yeah, definitely. That's, and that's why I always help. I was like, take advantage of that. Cause not a lot of people yeah. get that when they have people that come into their space that can really help them towards the sea of change and seasons within their life. Yeah. 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 It's very true. 
So where can we find you on social media? Social media, um, Instagram is where we are the most active. It's uh, at crescente.patricio. That's uh, C-R-E-S-C-E-N-T-E dot P-A-T-R-I-C-I-O. Um, and the website is cpatricio.com. It's just the letter C and then patricio.com. Uh, we have a TikTok, but we haven't done anything on there. I just grabbed it to grab it. <laughs> we haven't figured that out yet. But yeah. we do a lot of reels. We have a lot of reels on, up on Instagram and stuff like that. But yeah, Instagram is where we're most active. We have an Instagram shop on there as well that you can shop. And then we have our e-commerce shop on our website. But those are those are the places. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining me on Throw Champagne. The yeah. Hosted by myself, Thomas Massaquai, executive produced by Tyler Gali, and music done by Chris Ragnar. I normally give a good salute of where I, I shout out the great philosopher Robin Leach saying yeah. uh, champagne wishes and caviar dreams. But uh, <laughs> he was funny man i but, love it uh, thank you so much for joining me today and i have tons of thank respect you for, for having me yeah and i have tons of respect for the work that you're putting in and thank you so much um how you are you know inspiring people and how you have you know how we have both you know crossed paths in regards to mentoring uh yeah. people too as well along their journey and yeah. all the continued success to you man you as well i appreciate you Thomas Massaquai. <laughs> Love that, Love that name. Thank you, homie. All right, All right brother. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. 